Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to How to Keep Your Vagina Happy in Isolation, a three-part mini-series with me, Mika Simmons, and relationship therapist and sex expert, Kate Moyle. Whether you are single, in a relationship, together or apart, we will be discussing isolation romance, intimacy and sex, how to do it, how to do it safely, and why right now it is so important. Kate, thank you for sneaking away from your busy day in your virtual clinic to join us on The Happy Vagina. Always happy to join a happy vagina. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure you make a lot of vaginas happy. <laughs> I try my best. Blind <laughs> confidentiality. We won't go there. We'll just leave it there, shall we? <laughs> this is this is the last, but definitely not the least of our brilliant mini series. Here we are going to delve deeper into lockdown relationships. Whether they are long term or new, we're going to be discussing how you can possibly keep them physically and mentally healthy during isolation. Kate. To a certain extent, the other two episodes we've recorded, which are up now, swung heavily into singledom as we looked at self-pleasure and virtual sex. But what if you're locked in and cooped up together? A recent newspaper article claimed that certain areas in China have reported a spike in divorce rates after quarantine periods. And apparently, lawyers here in the UK are warning we might see the same. Someone who's single might think that someone in a relationship is in a in a lucky place during this period not to be alone but actually the truth is Kate is that a relationship can be a really lonely place can't it? A hundred percent and I think it's a particular struggle for people whose relationships aren't going well at the moment or they're struggling or working through something and they aren't able to kind of get any distance from each other or things are complicated and they're in a position where they're kind of either forced currently if they're together to try and work things out or it becomes a bit of a kind of melting pot for everything that's already going on and that that can be really difficult for people. So that might be a relationship that's already in trouble but let's start with a new relationship because Mm. I have read a couple of articles about people who sort of were on date two and decided to lock down together. So you meet someone new, it's exciting, lockdown happens and you decide to move in. You could say, Kate, that maybe that is going into sort of the day-to-day mundanity of eating, farting, pooing, illness a little too soon. How how should someone handle that? I think it's um, so interesting, the people that have decided to do this, because it's such an intimacy accelerator. There's kind of nowhere to hide at the moment if you are kind of in lockdown with each other I mean particularly you know for a lot of the people that we see living in London who don't have a lot of um square footage but Mm. I think that it's important to kind of get your own space um I think that you have to set boundaries for each other so it might be that for example you know sharing a bathroom as you said is one thing that brings a lot of anxiety for people is kind of have some rules about 
or some kind of code between you about how that's going to work and I think again it's if we all kind of understand each other properly and we understand okay what's okay and not okay then we're going to feel a lot more comfortable about sharing that space because the reality is we're not used to this kind of situation where we don't have any ability to have some space of our own or to kind of go out or to have some distance and these kind of if you're in lockdown with someone else everybody has their own way that they like to do things everyone has their own style the way they like to keep their house and I think it's particularly with heightened anxiety as well so like you know the amount of stress that people are under often we can be less tolerant so you have your way of doing things you've got a new bod in your environment or you've got an environment that you've decided to go into together and suddenly you're having to cope with your own anxiety and that person's that person's ways of being. 100%. And, you know, you will have picked one of your houses to or flats or kind of accommodations to be in. So who's, is it the rules of the person whose house you're in? Is it that actually one of you has kind of moved into the other's space? How do you navigate that? Are you deciding that it's a shared space? Are there other people there? For example, lots of people live in things like flat shares. So I think it's it's not always kind of um, just as straightforward as okay we're kind of doing this together and let's see how it goes mm. I, I loved I loved that description the intimacy accelerator you talked about that on our episode around um online dating as well I think that you said that uh one of the things you've discovered in your practice is that online dating can be an intimacy accelerator so this is a, a double whammy intimacy accelerator when someone moves in with someone that they hardly know um if if a friend said to you Kate <laughs> Uh, I've just met this 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 man, woman, w- whatever your sexual persuasion. Uh, we've been on two dates, and I'm I'm thinking of like jumping into their house with them for the lockdown period. What what would your response? I know you're going to say that your response would be if that's right for you, but like if you would you be like, oh my lord, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> I don't know if I think it's a terrible idea. I think I would just say, you know, why not see how it goes? Um, but you know, proceed with caution, obviously, but is in any restart of a relationship is kind of proceed with caution, you know, that we're always, the, the nature of being intimate and vulnerable with someone, the flip side of love is loss. The flip side of that is that that person can hurt us. As soon as we let mm-hmm. them in, we are kind of vulnerable and intimate with them. They have the ability to hurt us and us them. And I, th- I think crazier things have happened, to be honest. You know, we, lots of people kind of describe that sense of, love at first sight or that they met mm-hmm. someone and they just knew or um that on the first date that they were like right this is the person for the rest of my life and I think mm-hmm. that I can actually imagine um a friend of mine who um did meet someone and that night he went home and said to his best friend I'm going to marry her and they are now married mm-hmm. and have a baby and I can just actually imagine them being the kind of people that would be like that and I think historically, people got, for example, engaged and married a lot quicker. Now we tend to kind of get to know people more. We go through a few more life stages with people. And I think that we're all much more kind of independent and cautious now than we used to be. And actually, I can think of a couple of people, um, particularly like a friend of mine's parents, who were secretly engaged after three weeks and are still together now. So I think that those stories aren't that unusual I think there is quite a romantic notion to them and I think the 
the romantic notion is the thing I would tell people to be cautious of because mm. it's fantasy versus reality. And, mm. you know, the reality doesn't always live up to it. Mm. Mm. And actually, one of the things that has just sprung to my mind while you're sharing that is is that we, we, we've potentially got a disease of choice right now at this point in history. And, and what this period of uh, social distancing and quarantine may have unless you're online dating you know you you may actually find yourself in a situation where what's happening in the world is pushing you into just get on with it in the way that they did mm. you know in, in my grandmother's time they just got on with it because they didn't have the choice you know you, you couldn't go to New York tomorrow and see if there's something else there you know I think that 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 we almost have too much choice sometimes nowadays. So perhaps this simplifying that's going on at the moment and our perspective is changing so deeply. And also I would suggest that we are dropping into our hearts in a really beautiful way. Um, while we, that it's a very stressful period, um, the daytime stresses are potentially reducing for people and they potentially could have a more open heart and be more connected to their physical body to be in a new relationship and actually... Um, flow with it Mm, and I think you know the thing about new relationships is we prioritize them there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet PlushCare, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. We kind of drop everything else. Everything else slips to the bottom of our priority list. Why we really invest in and nurture this new relationship. We kind of work to kind of get, inverted commas, this person to build something with them. And... We do see that, you know, I think we've all had those friends or, you know, if it's been us who have had a new relationship and everyone's like, I haven't seen you for three months. And it's because you're spending every kind of possible moment with this new person that you're infatuated with and having great sex with or really connecting with. And Mm. that is a natural trait of starting a relationship. We do invest in it. We do um, nurture it. We do kind of give it a lot of attention. and then what we have is this idea of the honeymoon period that people Mm. always refer back to as this magical time together. And I suppose what some people might be experiencing is that feeling if they have decided to quarantine together. But what, but what if the, um, if, if the hormones are not rife and your libido goes, I mean, a recent statistic stated that 27% of people were looking forward to using this time to explore a deeper sexual relationship with their partner but what if your sexual relationship has gone down due to stress and you're in a new relationship? How do you handle that? I think it's important to think about what's going on. So Esther Perel, who is the kind of world thought leader on love, sex and intimacy, talks about um, 
she asks couples or kind of does this exercise for couples where she says, I turn myself on when, and you finish the sentence, I turn myself off when, and you finish the sentence. And what I really like about this is it flips this idea on its head that it's always our partner's job to turn us on, or it's always our partner's job to know exactly what to do. And actually, what we might be finding is my sex drive is decreased because I have stress, because I feel stressed. Um, And so it's difficult to kind of switch off from thinking about everything else and what makes that more difficult is the context that you're in which is that you're working at your kitchen table and eating at the kitchen table and that's actually the room where you kind of relax in the evenings and you're doing your online workout videos and so that there are no um, kind of contextual prompts either to help Mm. switch Mm. and then Mm. you're like okay great but I can't leave anything behind and then I'm meant to kind of switch it all off to switch on to sex or to turn on to sex Mm. in a separate space when that's really difficult because there is no separate space. What I love about what you've just said, Kate, is actually about taking responsibility because particularly in a new relationship, that first moment when your uh, lust or thirst for the other human being goes, for me, it can be like, oh, where's it gone? Because the, you know, the pheromone kind of like the haze of the, of the, of the, of, of the honeymoon, as you called it, wears off and it's like, maybe it's nothing to do with that person if you really we have no control over how someone else is or feels and if you look at yourself with the example that you just gave which is what is it that I'm feeling right now what's going on for me in my life what's my part in this situation you can change that 100% and I think so often we get stuck in the pattern of trying to change the other person when actually the thing that we are kind of most responsible for is changing ourselves Mm, mm, mm. I think the other thing around it as well for me in terms of um, being in a sexual relationship at any time and in lockdown is, you know, sometimes you have to nudge yourself through periods of not having a high sex drive, I think, which brings me on to long term relationships, assuming there are no kids to focus on and you know, you've been with your partner for a really long time and you are one of those 27% that would like to use it to explore your sexual relationship, take it to a new level, add a new dynamic. Let's say one of the partners has had this idea and would like to approach their partner with it. How would you start? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's be like, oh, babe, I read in the sun, 27%. <laughs> that is where I read it. <laughs> That's a, that's a statistic from the from from the very popularly known highbrow newspaper <laughs> entitled The Sun. <laughs> um, I think that I think that reading an article using a prompt is always a good conversation starter. So something like an article or a podcast or a TED talk or um, is a good way of starting things. I mean, I because obviously I'm a big advocate of kind of sexual wellness and sexual well-being and sexual development and education, I'm going to say this is a great time for people to explore their sexuality in a new way because it's not just about exploring it physically, but it's also that psychological process. Like what do we think about sex? What does sex mean to us? What is the role does it play in our lives? How do we have better sex? And I think between partners one of the struggles that we often find is mind reading so they try and kind of read each other's minds whereas actually if we start this conversation and we're like okay so why don't we use this time to try something new together so we can't go out and go and explore new things or do new things together so why don't we bring the exploration home and try something new now 
I think I said how how do you how do you one of the things that um we touched on one of the things we touched on in our singles episode because we just couldn't somehow resist was this idea of mind reading because we were we were talking about online dating and how to deal with rejection can you just say why people do that? Where does it stem from? In all of the work that you've done within helping people in relationships or with their sexual uh, activity, why do people do it? I think we just slot into routine. We slot into thinking that we know someone and we're like, oh, well, I know that person really well. I know what they're thinking. We don't also get taught how to, you know, we don't get taught communication, really. It's one of the things, you know, I think, sex and relationships education we really hope the kind of next wave of it the future of it is going to be more integrated and more understanding of things like talking about relationships you know how how do we we naturally assume things all the time in life it's just a human behavior and it's also because it takes less thinking so we're like okay yeah well I know what that's thinking or I know you know how often do we miscommunicate because we think that someone is saying something that they're not or we think that someone is thinking something that they're not and well also it can just it's a, it's a laziness which is how I would kind of like sum up what you've just said but also I think if if it's about something difficult like finance or sex which are really difficult things to talk about in relationship as you you've mentioned on the other episode we can somehow go into a sort of low level resentment or sulking without even knowing we've done it so you mind read you know you you you'd like something to happen whether it be um, you would like your partner to join you at, at an event outside of this period of, of lockdown or whether it be something sexually. And, and when it doesn't get the response you want, I think it's very difficult not to drop into our child and sort of go into a bit of, of a shutdown, you know, and to mm. continue to communicate and to continue to ask and continue to try and get our own needs met. 100%. And because we very easily can kind of it's kind of like logical versus emotional you know when we're really emotional we're not logical and when we're really logical we're not emotional it's kind of the the battle of those two things and we know from neuroimaging that actually kind of areas of the brain kind of different areas of the brain light up when we're in those different states and I think that the thing is is we get so used to just assuming that we know what's going on and it's our perspective and we have our own thoughts and our own feelings and that kind of colors how we see things that we forget to check and actually uh kind of communication style of kind of constantly clarifying I think is really important but it's something that we have to learn it is a practice and you know even as a relationship therapist I definitely don't get it right all the time and we're all guilty of it so I think checking out with your partner clarifying with your partner those basic kind of communication exercises that lots of couples therapists will be doing are just did I hear you right is that what you meant um or if someone reacts badly to something like, what did you hear me say there? And that's because we all have our own perspectives and that's based on our own lives, genetics, experiences. You know, we can't turn all that off. And fear, mm. fear. I think so often when there's really intimate conversations that need to happen within relationships, we we, we get stuck in a kind of slight low-level fear pattern of um, of not really being able to express ourselves or our own needs. 100% and um there's a really good book called Attached by um, Amir Levine. And I think it's really interesting because it explores that whole attachment style um, perspective of relationships. But a lot of what um, we're kind of talking about there is like that fear of attachment loss or the fear of the relationship being lost or the connection being lost. When we have that, 
we react in a certain way based on our kind of personal style. And I definitely recommend anyone that's interested in it, kind of looking up that book or looking up stuff around attachment theory. But this idea mm. of deepening intimacy, we're putting ourselves out there with our partners. Now, if it's our partner and it's a long-term relationship that we were talking about and the risk of losing that person is very high. So would we rather mm. just kind of stay in our comfort zone and stay safe and keep things as they are, keep it functioning? Probably yes, because that's the mm. risk-averse option. One of the greatest gifts that um, I got in my last relationship through doing work, personal development work was to, and it kind of riffs on, on your idea, earlier idea about taking responsibility was to, to frame things in with I feel. Mm. So no one can ever take your feelings away. So, you know, um, in order to not get stuck, I feel this. And then the, you know, the, the response can be, you know, I'm sorry that you feel that. Mm. And it can just acknowledging that someone can feel something and that, you know, it, you, it may not have been intentional within the relationship. It may not have been an intent on the other person to hurt or to um, not, not see or hear their partner. But just to be able to express that's how I feel, but not that's how I feel when you do that. It's just I feel. Yeah, I think. And then right. acknowledged. It's something I do a lot with couples, those kind of I statements and I feel statements. And I think it's it's good because what you're not doing is blaming. <laughs> you're just saying, no blaming. this is my feelings. The I'm owning my feelings and those are yours. Okay, they might not be the same, but let's try and understand each other better. But when we blame, you know, or when we say you made me feel, what we're going to be met with is defensiveness or attacking because mm. that person is feeling attacked or that they need to kind of, you know go back or defend themselves mm. and I think that mm. that that's if we take the blame out of it we reduce those um reactions as well yeah I mean not 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 blaming the other person especially when you're in lockdown with them and also let's face it we don't really deeply understand often where our emotions come from sometimes they can just be hormonal but also we have all these layers of like memory in our tissues about when our fathers let us down when our mothers let us down so often within a a difficult conversation or, or situation within your relationship you may not be acutely aware of really deeply where your reaction or feeling is coming from mm. yeah i couldn't agree more um I love the expression, when it's hysterical, it's historical. And whenever I've had a fight with my partner and if we've got to the point that it's a bit hysterical, I go, oh, no, is this really to do with me and my partner or is this actually to do with something from my past, you know, from from what from my childhood experiences or whatever the thing is? Yeah, I love that. I'm going to write that one down. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's get back to sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? So let's say someone's lost their libido mm. before COVID-19, before the lockdown period. The relationship was already in a bit of a stasis. You've got kids. You know, right now you're being the school teacher, the chef. You're, you're doing it right. You know, literally you're wearing so many hats right now. You don't need to wear any other clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Just a hat, what? but naked, apart from socks. <laughs> How do you wear <laughs> loads of hats and pop socks how do you how do you reignite it how do you how do you flip it what what how do you change that it completely depends on what the kind of 
situation is with sex. So, for example, if sex has started to become a problem, what it becomes intertwined with is kind of sex and anxiety and our most natural way of dealing with that tends to be avoidance. And we talk about avoidance as kind of coping by not coping. So what typically um, we see as couples, psychosexual relationship therapists, is there's a kind of pulling away of all forms of physical contact, kind of avoidance of anything that might lead to sex. And actually that can be really damaging for relationships because there's a sense of rejection by particularly kind of one partner or, but there's that kind of falling away of all of the physical connection bits. So one of the things I would say to couples is agree to kind of not have intercourse if that's the source of the problem, but start to try and get closer in other ways. So to kiss more or to touch more. And I really like the um, Gottman Institute exercises, which are things like, um, a six second kiss and so when you kiss it's for six seconds and basically what that does is it's just a bit prolonged and you just kind of get used to settling into that space together again and the kind of getting closer to the connection and allowing that to be there is really important because when we start to have a problem or feel stressed or anxious or worried about sex we almost kind of shut down all areas relating to sex as well so we find it more difficult to talk about because we think it might cause a problem or a rupture a rupture or um an argument and so we're kind of just allowing allowing the hint of it in that space again but things like eye contact um non-sexual touch kissing hugging and just really starting to become comfortable with each other again because that's going to be the first step to becoming sexual again and starting to engage with sensuality. Let's say there's a couple who are not being affected by a lack of libido and have a really good healthy sexual relationship but let's say it's got a bit a bit boring it's a bit the same and they wanted to explore because they've got the time to afternoon sex role play bringing in new sex toys. What would your suggestions be around introducing that? I'd say go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, you know, why not we have the availability at the moment that we're we're kind of hopefully, you know, not going to have again. And I think taking advantage of that and mixing it up, I think, you know, I said it in the first episode, this idea of mixing up can feel quite intimidating to lots of people, whereas actually all we need to do is change one thing. And that could be, sex in the afternoon or sex on the sofa or um using a sex toy um obviously i'd recommend lilo um, because i think they're brilliant um um, and they have some great products but i think it's what about role play kate role play you know why not i think the thing the thing is again it's about expectations and if you say to each other okay let's give this a go and if it doesn't work out we'll just laugh about it afterwards you know what what harm is there is there any books or anything that if someone was really because for me I would suggest of all of those things role play is the thing I'm an actor for me I'm you know it's kind of what I do with my life but I think for a lot of people a lot of my female friends I would say if I say to them have you ever tried role play within your sexual relationship they look horrified at it but actually it's so playful and fun and you spoke on another episode that we've done around virtual sex about um if people want to kind of connect to each other virtually what they could do is share a memory that they had together i.e when we were on holiday and we got back late at night and you put your hand on my on my ass or whatever the thing is that, that that person wants to express and i think in a way role play can be a really a very similar 
access to the imagination, but so difficult for people. I think how, would, how would a couple start? I think it is difficult for people because um, it doesn't kind of come so naturally for some people or it might be, it's that idea of feeling silly or feeling embarrassed or, mm. um, and we, you know, we don't like that feeling and it's not very sexy or we kind of get caught up in the idea that actually it's about our kind of partner not being attracted to us but being attracted to the person we're playing but the reality is it is an attraction to you and it is about you it's kind of you in the form of someone else so I think just sex is play like using it as playful using it as fun um perhaps read something up about it online or read an article about it online or listen to kind of a podcast about it or see kind of talk about some ideas yeah, and, and fantasy, uh, actually, I, I personally believe that fantasy is the key to a long, long, healthy sex life. Um, that's just for me personally. But but to a certain extent, just to say to your partner, you know, what are your fantasies? And it could be that that person's never had any, but would you suggest that's a good way to open it? I, yeah, would suggest that's a good way to open it. I think Something I um, really like are from the School of Life and they're basically um, a set of cards called Pillow Talk and what they have is a question on each card and they're games for couples, kind of explorative curiosity um, games. And I think something like that, if you're feeling nervous about having those conversations are a really good thing to try because they act as a prompt, they act as a, um, a diving board to kind of jump off because they start the conversation and if you have permission to start the conversation from someone that's kind of outside outside of the two of you that can be really helpful that is a genius idea what's the game called it's called pillow talk from the school of life pillow talk. that's a genius idea there's another game i think called monogamy which um is about how to uh kind of liven up spice up your long-term relationship and and how to make your monogamous relationship um lateral and full of newness even though you've been together for a long time Kate just before we end this episode there's a couple more questions and one of them is a long-term couple with children what are some real basics that they could do to make sure that they can have some boundaries they're at home they're working from home the kids are at home the kids are schooling at home how on earth can they keep the romance in the relationship when everyone's in the same bed yeah, it's a really good question. It's the situation so many people find themselves in at the moment. I think, though it sounds really boring, schedule the time. So you guys are working from home, you're parenting. Once the kids have gone to bed, you know, I think it's unrealistic to expect kind of lots of couples who have kids and are working from home to be like, oh, sorry, kids, you know, you watch Peppa Pig and we're off for a quickie. It's just, I think if you talk to the people <laughs> who have their kids at home, it, it, they can't even get out of that headspace because there is no space. So I think once the kids are in bed, be like, right, on Wednesday night, what we're going to do is we're going to sit and have dinner together, no phones, or we're going to go straight to bed and just have a good time. Or we're going to, um, I think being tech free and interruption free, you know, is, is important, really does help. But I think scheduling just even if it's an hour for the two of you to be together and to have some form of intimacy, it doesn't have to be about sex is really good. And because there are no boundaries at the moment, because everything's blurred and kind of in one room and mixed into one another, everything mixed into each other, put it in and keep it in. Pardon the pun. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's your decision if you want to put it in uh, <laughs> but to um to have it booked in and treat it kind of with the respect which is like you know all the other work meetings are booked in and we attend all of those we're going to give this the same priority brilliant brilliant my final question please could you share with us your top five sexy survival tips for couples in lockdown top five sexy survival tips for couples in lockdown so one would be we kind of touched on it earlier but good communication so using things like i statements um so trying not to blame but just to be like look um i'm finding it really difficult when you're doing x or i'm finding it really challenging or could we try so that clear communication voicing how you're feeling and not just blaming your partner and it's so easy to get stuck in that blame cycle when we don't have much space so clear communication being one um number two try something new together so be explorative now the best thing that you've got are the five senses and you can play with them they're for free you don't need to be kind of buying anything or doing anything um so i think playing with them can completely change the dynamic of your sexual relationship your kind of um sensual exploring of each other and so playing with those is a really good place to start and it's mm. not very kind of intimidating I think three make some space for yourself as individuals so even if you've only got one free room in the house because there are you know like kids running around or other people be like okay look I'm just going to go and have an hour to myself to do whatever I want to do whether it's uh, just flick through Instagram or it's read a book or it's watch an episode or something or it's have a bath or so that individual space a bit of kind of difference and distance between you is really healthy for a relationship and mm-hmm. don't it personally if you need a bit of space or your partner needs a bit of space but offering that to each other almost as a kind of gift is um, I think a number four um, set the scene so you can always change your environment around. So if you're sitting working at your kitchen table and it's also where you eat, move the chairs around or move the table around just for dinner and change the lighting or light some candles or um, do something that makes you feel like the ambiance has changed a bit. So that also helps you to kind of feel like you're moving into a different space. Mm. Um, Number five, if you feel like you're struggling with sex a bit, set yourselves like a challenge, which is like, okay, we're not going to have sex for a week but we are going to kind of kiss and touch and play or we're not going to have intercourse for a week but what we are going to do is be more playful with each other and funnily enough sometimes kind of putting a limit on things can change how you relate to what you're doing and oh there's nothing like a no is there (laughs) a bit like putting your hand in the cookie jar or playful things like set an alarm clock for uh, an alarm for 20 minutes and be like right we can't touch anywhere in the kind of invisible bikini so to speak within that 20 minutes until the clock goes off it's a really good way of building desire anticipation touch sensuality so you can kiss you can kiss and you can touch but just no boobs no there's a zone an area that is off limits for 20 minutes Mm -hmm. I'm really excited by that as an idea. I'm definitely going to try that. Although, I mean, for me, the foreplay is always the best bit. Actually, that's not true. I take it back. It's all great. I take it back. It's not. But often for me, the foreplay, the kissing, kissing and just touching and and letting that like really, really drag out as long as possible is so delicious. Mm. And I think that it's, you know, we all get so kind of focused on rushing to the end and, 
you know dealing with the job in hand and it all being about intercourse and actually it doesn't always have to be the main event and it's really good to mix things up and to remember that what's the hurry kate what is the hurry there is no hurry we have a lifetime to explore there you go (laughs) kate thank you so much this has been an amazing episode and i really believe that you're going to have helped a lot of couples whether they be new or been bedding each other for a long time with kids running around and grandparents in the house what you've shared has been phenomenal thank you so much Mika thank you so much for having me on again this is the happy vagina with Mika Simmons and Kate Moyle and thank you very much for listening Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 